This episode is sponsored by the Paper Trails Greeting Company. Owners near and far, hear ye, hear ye. There's an amazing company that's dedicated to celebrating and encouraging every runner that laces up a pair of running shoes, and it's called the Paper Trails Greeting Company. This company offers something that's hard to replicate in a text message, and that is a physical, innovative, and genuine note of kindness that supports and celebrates every runner. The motto of the company is that every runner belongs, and each card proves that. The cards preach community among all runners, and there's a card for each season of a runner's journey. If you've run a new personal best, there's a card that celebrates that. If you suffered an injury, there's a card that lets you know that someone is thinking of you and that you'll come back even stronger. There's even a card that celebrates your significant running other. For me personally, I never felt like a runner, but then I stumbled across the Paper Trails Greeting Company and it inspired me to pick up running again. And eventually it made me feel like I was a part of the running community. Go on their website, papertrailsgreetingco.com and check out their incredible selection of cards. Use the code LACTICACID in all caps for 15% off your order. They also have inspirational stickers and PDF printouts, so be sure to check those out as well. Then follow them on their social media page on Instagram, Paper Trails Greeting Co., as well on Facebook. And always remember to celebrate every runner and that every runner belongs. What's going on, ladies and gentlemen, saints and ain'ts, and welcome to Lactic Acid. I am your host, Dominique Smith. First and foremost, as always, I just want to thank everyone for their continued support. And just throughout this podcast, it's something that means the world to me. Everyone who has liked the podcast, subscribed, left a kind note, whether you know you messages, messaged it to me personally or um, you wrote a review or you, you know, made a comment. I am just truly thankful for you all. This has been so much fun and the best is yet to come. Continue to show your support, like, subscribe. I'll get to all the links later and leave a nice review because it helps the algorithm on Spotify and Apple and it helps other people find this podcast. So I would really, really appreciate that. Now, in the month of February, if you've been listening to the previous episodes, as well as if you've stayed tuned to our social media account, I said two things. A, there would be a new episode released every week. Check. B, there would be two very special episodes. And this is the second special episode that I am so excited for you all to listen to. My friend, Ms. Kristen Dornboss, joined the show. And if that name sounds familiar, she is the owner, the CEO, the MVP, the creator, the founder of the Paper Trails Greeting Company. Definitely check them out. They're so kind. They sponsored the show. And if you are looking to spread joy and good cheer for all runners, definitely, definitely, definitely make sure you check them out. Uh, their information will be in the show notes. And I can tell you that right now, you know, you can go to their Instagram account, Paper Trolls Greeting Co. And, you know, they'll get you taken care of. But Kristen started a petition and started a movement, if you will, called the Equal Money for Equal Miles campaign. This is very important because she is looking to bring awareness to the fact that there's injustice in the system when it comes to payment of those who participate in the major marathons. And long story short, and I'm just reading what's on the Instagram page and it's on the 
Uh, great graphics that she created, equal prize money at major U.S. marathons for wheelchair and para-athletes. Now, I'm not going to go in too much detail because you have to listen to the show. She was so gracious with her time. We got a chance to chat. She went in detail on it, why she's passionate about it. And it's something that I think everyone's going to learn from and enjoy. And if you are interested in signing the petition, they will be in the show notes. And if you go on Instagram, we will be collaborating in terms of pages. So it will take you directly to where you can sign the petition. Please sign it, please share it. And you know we wanna get the sport on the right track and equality for all runners is a good place to start. Now, as always, if you could do me a favor, subscribe to the podcast on Google Podcasts, Apple and Spotify, Lactic Acid with Dominique Smith. If you have Instagram, if do me a favor, check out that page, Lactic Acid Podcast, or Lactic Acid with Dom Smith. That's Instagram, Lactic Acid underscore pod on Twitter. We're on TikTok, Lactic Acid Podcast. I just need followers right now. That will help me greatly because I don't know what I'm doing. And if you are interested in sponsoring the show, hit me up at Lactic Acid Podcast at gmail.com. Would love to chat with you. Would love to bring your brand to our Lactic Acid family. And everything you need is on our website, lacticacidpodcast.org. I'm so thankful for each and every one of you, and I hope you enjoy the episode. What's going on, ladies and gentlemen, saints and ain'ts, and welcome to Lactic Acid, the podcast where the takes are fresh, the ideas are ripe, and that makes us the best in the bunch. I am your host, Dominique Smith, and today, if you've been listening or if you've been looking through Instagram on our page, uh, you will know that I said that there will be a couple special episodes this month. This is episode two. We, our first one was the Black History Month special, which was a lot of fun. Definitely check that out. And this one is one that I'm looking forward to. The guest needs no introduction, but I'm going to give her one anyway. If you have listened to the first part of this show, then you would know that this show is sponsored by the Paper Trolls Greeting Company, which creates greeting cards for runners that exhibits kindness and shows that every runner belongs. Make sure you check that out. But the host and the founder, the creator of the car company is doing something big, something bigger than herself, raising issues, raising an issue and awareness uh, to something that people, listen, I just learned about it when she was on the show. We've kept in contact and she's been very informative. And now she's on the front line trying to make a difference. She is none other than my friend, Ms. Kristen Dornboss. Kristen, what's going on, fam? It's good to have you on the show again. Hi, Dom. Thanks for having me again. Um, I feel like I can call you a friend now, which is fun. <laughs> so, absolutely yeah, glad to be here. So, since you've um, the last since the last time you came on the show, and this will kind of lead us in, um, I found out something interesting that I honestly didn't think that I would, you know, find out. There is, and he will be, our audience will get a chance to learn about him in a couple weeks. There is someone who likes Taylor Swift more than you do, which kind of leads me to the first question. Yes. Yes, he is. He's a bigger Taylor Swift enthusiastic 
fan. Okay. Like he's All a right. Um, and so I was shocked to hear that, but I'm not going to ask you the superhero question because I've already asked that. Okay. Um, but we're going to talk about this campaign that you launched. Yeah. And it got me to thinking, since you are a uh, big Taylor Swift fan, if there was a song that would describe the nature of this campaign that you were launching, and if there was a song to describe you as the person launching the campaign, so two songs in, so, two songs in total, which Taylor Swift songs would represent you as the campaign launcher and the campaign in general? Oh, coming at me with all the good questions. <laughs> the important questions in life. Um, the campaign in general has got to be Shake It Off. Okay. Because haters going to hate. Haters gonna um, and me as a person heading this up. Oh, gosh. That's the one that I'm struggling with. Um, so I'm not a Taylor Swift I'm not going to say I'm not a Taylor Swift fan because I said that to a friend and um, it didn't end well. Look, like, oh, hey, no. listen, I have no <laughs> girl. You, you, if you want to sponsor this show, go ahead. Just email me at lacticacidpodcast at gmail.com. We can make that happen. But what about, I'm, I don't know too many, um, maybe Fearless, something. Okay. Uh, the title really fits um Uh, i think like all of her songs are love songs (laughs) basically (laughs) which is why i'm having such a hard time because i'm so single right now um i don't know can i just say i don't know that's true and and also you know shake it off can i can i say that for both yes you know what's (laughs) good uh I asked you sort of a similar question uh, when we first did the podcast. I forgot the exact question. I was like, maybe what? The superhero question? No, 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 no. In the rapid fire, I was like, what Taylor Swift song describes you? And you said, shake it off. So. Oh, okay. There <laughs> so we go. That is, that is the theme. Okay, that's what we're going to go with. Yeah, Kristen, that's the theme. Kristen, shake yes. it off, Dorn Boss. I know, I know. Hey, listen, there's nothing wrong with that song. It has a, because it's coming at everybody and that's what you're doing. You're coming at everybody. You're pulling no punches. You are fearless in this approach. So let's talk about this approach. Let's talk about this campaign. All right, let's go. You are putting the team on your back. Mm -hmm. You started the Equal Money for Equal Miles campaign. Mm -hmm. And so this is, I am reading this, um, it is pretty much is talking about ableism in the sport and supporting athletes with disabilities, giving them their proper piece of the pie, giving them the proper um, monetary value that they deserve. So I don't want to mm-hmm. take too much of it and go in detail and everything, but yes, that is it. Let me see if my phone. Okay, never mind. Not <laughs> about that one, so you can't really see it. Uh, yeah. yeah, yeah. But if you go on the Paper Trails Greeting Company um instagram page 
then not only will you see the campaign and the brilliant slides that you did as a graphic designer, let me just offer my sincere oh, thank you. <laughs> how well done it was, but also the uh, the link to the petition is in her bio. So definitely check that. Mm-hmm. So I'm, I'm going to give you the floor, fam. Go ahead and tell us what it is. Tell us what it's about. Well, thank you. Um, and actually the slides that I made were mostly just because of copyright reasons. <laughs> I was like, well, I can't really use anybody else's photos. So I'm just going to make my own little like drawings here. Um, And that's how we did it. Um, So, yeah, but the Equal Money for Equal Miles campaign is really about um, the U.S. major marathons and giving equal prize money to the podium finishers um, in not only the wheelchair category, but the pair category as well. because yeah, I mean, it's well known that, you know, at the Boston marathon or Chicago marathon or New York city, um, you know, those, those big marathons, the first few people who cross that finish line are awarded these huge sums of money. And I'm definitely not saying that they don't deserve that. I'm definitely not saying that they deserve less. Um, nobody's trying to take anything away from, these open division, you know, elite athletes who are finishing this race, you know, in blistering fast times. Uh, but the issue here is that, you know, you have the wheelchair category, which, um, you know, these people are paid only a fraction of what the able-bodied athletes are paid. And then, you know, the para category is even worse. <laughs> Uh, the Boston marathon actually is the only of the three that has a competitive division for para athletes. Um, and they limit that field to about 40 athletes total. So that's men, women, amputees, uh, visually impaired. And, um, that's, that's all, that's all. I mean, it's 40 athletes in all, um, that get to compete in the Boston marathon in that category. And then, the New York city marathon and Chicago, um, don't even have a category for that. So yeah, I mean, Boston marathon, um, made a little bit of a, spl- a splash in the media a couple of years ago saying like, Hey, we're creating this, this new category for runners, um, which is awesome. And we definitely need that, but, um, yeah, the prize money is severely lacking there. So, you know, the first, um, first place visually impaired, runner who crosses the finish line, um, gets a total of $1,500 and yeah, going to do the math for you. It's 1% of what the, uh, overall, you know, winner gets. And so it's just crazy. I mean, the inequality and, um, the disparity in pay, um, is really, I think it really says a lot about like how far we have to go in our sport. And um, I'm trying to change that. So I put out this petition and it's gaining some steam and getting some signatures. And I mean, we've still got a couple months to Boston. Um, so hopefully before then we can gain even more attention. But So the one thing that I appreciate and respect about this campaign is that, see, if you listen to the first episode, you know, I, I'm not officially... You know, I don't feel like I am like in the running community like you are, you know, running races, running marathons, running half marathons, um, in some respects, running every day. Um, and so you, well, well yeah, yeah. <laughs> when you can, <laughs> um, 
but you know you're kind of in the trenches on this because it's you know the running community is so large mm-hmm. and you get a chance to meet new people and meet new faces and hear new stories so i admire and appreciate that you know someone in the trenches if that makes sense is starting this campaign because you have a better understanding of the story and what people are going through so one thing that i did find interesting as well is that you did not start small like you didn't say let's let's do these small marathons you said no i'm going at the head i'm i'm aiming for the big piece oh of yeah <laughs> and everything why did you start with such a lofty i want to say a lofty goal but why it ball? is you could say that <laughs> But, but, but why, because, you know, everybody, because everybody has different, you know, kind of, you know, things. It's like, okay, we'll start small and then we'll start to mm-hmm. gain some, you know, notoriety and then bam. But you're like, no, where it, no, Boston, New York, let me talk to them. Let's, let's get their attention. Why that approach to this campaign? Yeah. So first of all, I will start with the disclaimer that I have not actually had contact with them yet. Um, It is a weird situation where this petition is just kind of gaining signatures and I haven't actually like delivered it to them officially, formally um, at this time yet, because I'm still just trying to get the word out there and trying to get more people um, to sign and more people on board. But Um, You know, I will say there's already um, a huge movement of people doing this same kind of work within like the the Olympics and Paralympics. Um, And 2021, uh, I don't know if you know this, 2021 in Tokyo was the very first year that Paralympians are now paid the same amount for a medal as Olympians, which is a huge deal. I mean, first of all, what 2021. So long. <laughs> <laughs> 2021. Yeah. Um, and so first of all, what took so long? And second of all, like it should have been this way all along. Um, but like, this is already happening in, on the largest stage in sports. And so to expect that of these large marathons, I don't think is unreasonable. Um, and then second of all, like, are you really going to make effective change in the running community at large if you're playing small? And if you're saying like, here's a 200 person marathon, let's, let's start there. Like, no, I, I don't want to do that. I want to go for the big ones that everybody knows that everybody loves that everybody watches and say like, listen, we're going to, we're going to target this first. And then hopefully seeing them set the example um, it's going to trickle down to all of these other races. Um, and that's, that's kind of my hope. So. It definitely is going to get the attention because, you know, I'm not, I don't want to speak for anyone, but there have just been different causes. You know, I can say in my life that, you know, just going on where somebody came out and spoke. Um, and I was like, it, it feels good that someone, you know, is raising, you know, the issue. It feels good that someone is speaking out, not necessarily just mm-hmm. for them, but, you know, I can get behind someone that does that. And it may help someone, yeah. you know, gain the confidence to say, you know what, 
enough is enough. 2020, 2021 is the first time and you and I talk about this, you know, on different occasions. It's crazy, like with the Paralympic Games. I did not know that the Paralympic Games, honest to gosh, covering the sport. I remember in 2012 and then 2016, the only reason I knew that Paralympic Games were going on because Allison Felix and Wallace Spearman were two of the people, the ambassadors for the games. Oh, okay. And they posted a picture on their Instagram account saying, we're at the Paralympic Games. Can't wait to, you know, see all of these great performances. And I'm like, you know, yeah. NBC has been boosting this since god uh two years oh god i see a mad i'm just throwing my life where <laughs> two years prior to the games and everything but we, you find out about the paralympics like on the day before opening ceremonies right yeah and so it's it's the injustice is is truly remarkable and so mm-hmm. you know kind of to your statement it's about time for you personally what two things what gave you the courage to do this and kind of the just the origin like did you just wake up and was like you know what it's 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 time okay so i don't know even if i still fully have the courage girl (laughs) but i'm just doing it scared anyways i'm just doing it scared um no but yeah no i i really started um this this past summer um when when i was very into watching the paralympic games starting to dig into a lot of these issues and realizing like oh man like this is pervasive in running right like the sport that i love that has always um presented itself as oh running is such an inclusive sport running is for everyone running is you know, it doesn't matter how fast or how slow you go. Everybody who runs is a runner and like the running community is second to none. Everybody's so open and accepting. And, and, and yet like here, I was seeing all of this, um, you know, real data about the inequalities that exist in running still. And, um, yeah, I just, I think it made sense for me to hone in on the disability part of it. Um, not only just because of my experience, but because, man, like we have so far to go and, um, yeah, so that was a big part of it. Um, also what question was I even answering? (laughs) Um, you answered it. What start? No, I mean, but, but like, so yeah, I mean, I started really looking into like, and I, I did some of the math of like, what is um, what is a disabled athlete at these, these major marathons, um, taking home as a payday for these incredible performances versus some of the able-bodied athletes. And just seeing that just made me like, realize that I can't just let it go. Mm-hmm. And I started actually messaging a lot of people and emailing people and trying to get in contact with some of these athletes and being like, Hey, like who's, who's heading up this this fight to get, you know, to have equal pay. And, um, you know, I did not get many responses just because like people don't 
know me and you know it's just it's hard to come in as like somebody random off of the internet and and like you know have a meaningful conversation about this kind of stuff with somebody who um just isn't familiar with me and so it just it was like the more I asked around the more I was I was kind of getting these answers of like I don't really know I don't know who's who's heading this up and like there's no formal like there's nothing formal going on to try and change this right now um that people knew of and so um yeah I mean the more that I searched the more it was looking like okay well it's gonna be me (laughs) And so, so first you answered the question, like before you forgot that you answered the question, you did answer the question. Okay. (laughs) Um, The crazy thing to me is that you do not consider, like, you you think you might be scared, but oh my gosh, like, There is a significant amount of, no, no, like sincerely to the whole presentation has been fantastic. Like when I first got it and then the passion, like y'all, Kristen came ready with this. Like (laughs) she she had guidelines, like there's this old show on uh, Nickelodeon called Ned's Declassified School Survival Guide. And Kristen (laughs) came, yeah, (laughs) never heard of it, go look it up. It's the best. Okay. Um. She had like, listen, if they try you, this is what you need to say. If they think about trying you, this is what you need to say. This is what we're fighting for. Expect this. These are the numbers. This is what's going on. This is some of the, and I told some people that I know about it and they're like, boy, you lying. I'm like, listen, I got it. it, The proof is here, like in the pudding. So, you know, the fact that you spearheaded this, the fact that, you know, you've been in contact, the fact that you're doing this, going on these shows and and all this stuff, I think, you know, you have to channel your inner Taylor Swift, that shake it off courage mentality. Uh, (laughs) well thank you (laughs) because listen faith is is not what your feelings is with your feet and you're definitely operating in courage and in faith and i think it's just you know kind of paying off and paying dividends and you know we're just like one month into this about a month less than a couple weeks couple weeks um so tell me how's it going how is everything with the campaign going the last time i saw um, it was over 400 signatures. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So we've got over 400 signatures. It's really interesting to me as the organizer, because I can download the entire, uh, I don't know, file of every person who has signed. And there are some names on there that would be easily recognized. Um, you know, I know of at least one multiple time, you know, Olympian, um, lots of people who are very big in the running community in terms of you know, coaches, podcasters, uh, well-known people. And, um, it's not necessarily about who's who, but, you know, I think it is telling that we have, you know, we have signatures, not just from random people who don't know the sport of running, but from people who know the ins and outs of it. And from people who, like you said, are in it and doing the actual thing. So, um, that's really encouraging to me. And, yeah, I mean, we're, I'm just trying to keep gathering steam, just trying to keep getting the word out um, in any way that I can. So I'm doing some podcasts today and 
yeah. Listen, I told y'all the first time she came on the show, and I'll tell you again, she's a big deal in these running <laughs> streets. And so let's take a pause uh, for this cause for a minute, and we're going to jump uh, to a topic that you brought to my attention and something that you've been trying to raise awareness now for at least since I followed you, um, this, and that is ableism. And so ableism, I actually memorized the definition and I learned how to, you know, fully spell it and just, and it was such a foreign concept to me. Um, you you okay. know that there's an issue, but you didn't know. Yeah. Let me say, not you didn't know. I didn't know there was a name for it. And so it is discrimination against abled body runners. And. Or discrimination in favor of able bodied Okay, that's yes. not too. Yeah. Um, so, I'm like, I don't know what, what definition that is. My bad, my yeah. bad. My bad. <laughs> it's okay. I know what you meant. You yeah. <laughs> uh lesson learned. That's why mama say always write stuff down. <laughs> and that's the thing I didn't write down. Um I, since you came on the show, it's something I've been thinking about and it's something that I've been doing a lot of research on, and it's something you've been very gracious into pointing me in the right direction and always being willing to answer questions. And there are some questions that I don't even know, like, because this, this is topic is so deep and mm -hmm. it, it's so, it crosses. That's the one thing I think surprised me that it crossed so many boundaries. Um, it, it crosses political boundaries because, you know, it's the discrimination that these able by or disabled people go through like the support like there's nothing built in in the workplace you know for example uh, or it's just like okay some something is deemed wrong with them so we automatically think that they are not qualified the one thing that i've learned on this show from you and from some other guests is that this happens more in the running community than people would imagine. Yep. And so bringing awareness, you know, to this issue, and this, this was before the campaign, you told me that, you know, this was something that you wanted to, you know, bring about change to in general. Why did that strike you to be like, you know what, time's up for not talking about this in the community because it certainly it gives you cause to pause like you 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 know that this happens every day but you know for you just what in your mind was like you know what somebody else needs to know about this because somebody else is dealing with this and so why did you feel the need and still do feel the need to educate the mass public mm -hmm. about it because you're very sincere about it and I know it's something that you're very passionate about. Yeah. I mean, there's, there's multiple layers to that question. I think this, the most simple answer is like having lived experience in that. Um, but also, you know, I kind of touched on this earlier, like running, um, is always presented as like this super inclusive sport that's for everybody. And I kind of naively got into it thinking that, and then, you know, it's almost like, uh, 
when you kind of like idolize someone or something, and then you find out that they're like really actually not perfect and it kind of breaks your heart a little bit. Like I felt like I went through that with running and with the running community. Um, because you know, we, we all want that to be true of running that it, that it's this inclusive thing where everybody is equal and everybody is, you know, celebrated and all that stuff. And like, that's even, that's what I built my business on. Right. And yet you, you find, um, not only through lived experience, but through all of these other, in all of these other ways that, you know, there's a whole lot of ableism going on in running and it kind of breaks your heart. (laughs) You're like, no, no, no. Like I, I want running to be like the amazing inclusive, um, you know, thing that, that we all want it to be. And right now, like, is it really truly? (laughs) And that's the thing that still kind of gets me like, Like it's just running. It's, it's yeah. just running. Like, mm-hmm. how how are we discriminating against running? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And, and it's just maybe it's humanity. Uh, you know, I was mm-hmm. you know, talking with Allie Feller, and you know, I said, you know, there's and she kind of, you know, said it. You know, there's just some days where she writes on her notes, "I hate everybody," and you know. <laughs> feel better because I was like, you know, sometimes it feels like everybody sucks, mm-hmm. which is obviously not the case. And she obviously doesn't hate everybody. But when you hear things like that, it kind of, like you said, it breaks your heart. Like it's, it's mm-hmm. just running. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? It's just. Yeah. Like can't running be this like totally pure thing that's untouched by the world. And like, yet ableism has this way of just like sneaking in there and like seeping into every aspect of it just like it does with everything else in the world. And I'm like, dang it, you ruined a good thing, ableism. Come on. Like, I just wanted, I just wanted running to be amazing. Yeah. <laughs> and, like, and you just want to yeah. run free and yeah. celebrate who God made you to be because there's nothing wrong with any of us. You know, yeah. We're fearfully and wonderfully made, which means that everything about us is wonderful, but you know, there's just this judgmental standard that is just, mm-hmm. which is, it, it still, as you can tell, it still kind of blows my mind because I, it's just, I had no idea it was an issue. Yeah. And so how do you, in this community, in the running community, and I have seen it make its way to the professional ranks um, as well, to be quite honest with you, mm-hmm. how do we get better? How do we improve? Man, once you see it, you can't unsee it. <laughs> yeah. Um, I mean, I think on a community level, we need to be asking about, you know, how many running brands are sponsoring disabled athletes? Um, no. You know, if, if athletes, if people with disabilities are what, like 15% of the world's population, right? Like, do we see that 15% represented in professional athletes? Probably not. Like there's maybe like 2% (laughs) or 1%, you know, um, what about media coverage and the way that these events are promoting, um, either the open division versus like the wheelchair division. I mean, 
in so many of these races, it's almost like the wheelchair race is treated as like, this is the thing that we have to get through in order to start the quote unquote real race, which is when the elites start. And it's almost, it's not, it's like an afterthought, except, you know, it comes at the beginning, but, um, it's just, there's so much, I mean, I could keep going. You want me to keep going? <laughs> Listen, girl, this is your show. Like I said, keep going. Let the law use you. That's what I tell people. All right. Let's think about like your local running store, your local running scene. How many, um, how excessive is, or how accessible is the average local race? And you know, how about your running store? Are there any people with disabilities at all working at your local running store? Um, things like that. I mean, it's worth asking. <laughs> Do you think, and maybe this is kind of a loaded question. Um, people look at disabled athletes and they fit the definition of ableism but not because they think that it's like, oh, we should throw them away, but there's fear on like what to do. Yeah, I don't know if that makes sense. It's like, okay, if like, how do we do this? And if you ask them, you know, oh, well, you're, you know, you're a disabled athlete, you're in a wheelchair or something like that. You know, how, how, how should we, we do that? Do you think there's some kind of fear and it's more so ignorance, like, okay, we don't know what to do. So let's just not deal with it at all. Yeah, um, there, there you go. Okay. <laughs> there you go. Thank you for walking with me on we that. Don't, we don't know what to do. So we're not going to do it at all. Or we don't know what this person needs as far as accommodations. So we're not going to do it at all. Okay. Um, I feel like there's, it's very, you know, at this point, it's still very reactionary, right? People, people don't ask, what do you need? How can we support you? What can we do better? They are operating under, under the same old archaic norms that they've always operated under. And it, and it takes something like this, um, of, of people with disabilities demanding better or asking for something, um, and saying like, hey, this is what I need, or hey, this is unfair, or hey, this is how it should be done. Um, it, it, and it's almost like they're, all, they're, just, they're just reacting instead of being proactive. proactive. And yeah, I think, yeah, that's big, <laughs> big thank issue here. Thank you for walking with me, because I was, I was trying to figure <laughs> out like how to ask that, because I'm trying to put my head into somebody who, who could you know, like, is it fear-based or is it like, uh, it's not worth the inconvenience? Yeah. I mean, any and all of the above. From a, you mentioned something interesting from a media standpoint. One, one thing I am noticing that, you know, a lot of these, you know, Paralympic athletes, at least the popular ones, popular ones, mm -hmm. they're kind of promoting themselves in a sense, in their own brand, instead of having, like, I don't see Nike doing, you know, the things for Tatiana McFadden as they're doing, you know, for one of their runners and things like that. I don't see, you know, them spotlighting them, you know, in a meet, you know, like pay attention, you know, they're going to be running in this meet. 
you know, compared to able body runners. So from a media standpoint, what are some of the things that we can do to kind of change in my head? I have, you know, you know, here are certain things that, you know, we, we can do, but, you know, just in a realness conversation, I don't want it to be like, look at this disabled runner and look at how, you know, their story is. And everybody has a story that you want to, you know, share and you want people mm-hmm. to be inspired. But at the same time, I don't want people to be like, oh, well, look at this disabled body runner, because like I said, there's nothing he may have a disability, but he's still human. Right. Don't want to devalue him as a human. And so how do we, you know, from a media standpoint, promote, you know, these athletes more, but also keep it in a humane way where you're not degrading them? Yeah. And that's like such a hard, um, there's so much context to it. And there's it's such a fine line, you know, between promoting, um, you know, people with disabilities in sport and then also not using them as like, quote unquote, inspiration porn. Um, (laughs) I've never heard of that before. (laughs) Oh yeah. Yeah. It's a whole thing. Google inspiration porn and um, you're going to learn a lot. Yeah. So no, but I think the, the biggest thing is, you know, you, you have to have representation right? or else people are never going to know that that's out there. Um, But also, you know, disabled athletes are not out here for pity. We're not out competing for people to feel bad about what we've been through in life. And so I think it's really important to not only have representation, but to um, tell those stories in a positive light and to say, like, I think it's completely appropriate to say like, oh my gosh, look at the amazing, incredible shit this person's doing. (laughs) Sorry. I just, uh, swore on your podcast, but there's been no, I think it's square on this podcast that you can imagine. So go (laughs) say what you got to say, man. Yeah. Um, and it's really cool actually. So, uh, NBC or no, was it, is it NBC that, that, airs the Olympics and everything, um, just announced it for, you know, 2022 winter Olympics, they are putting the Paralympics on primetime for the first time in history. And like, that is huge. That's amazing. Um, and like, that's, you know, a big part of kind of what we're fighting for is not only having representation and having, you know, the Paralympics, but like having, that seen as equally worthy of people's, you know, entertainment and awe. Like, does that make sense? It does make sense, but let me ask you this. And so to those listening, I'm asking questions slower than usual because I want to get the wording right. And so Kristen, (laughs) thank you for, because I'm trying to gather my thoughts appropriately more so. Yeah. Thank you for kind of walking with me through these questions. How do you, see, maybe this is just me, you know, people do stuff because they get called out, but then to me, it's not totally sincere. You're just kind of doing it because you got called out mm-hmm. instead of sincerely wanting, you know what I'm saying? To oh, yeah. truly promote change. It, it's more of a... Uh, I don't want to say this, but I have to say it. It's more of a PR stunt. Yep. Than a 
sincere attempt to unify, you know, something that should not be split. Mm-hmm. How do you avoid that? In a sense, is is it is it through campaigns like what you're doing? Is it through you coming on podcast? Is it, you know, you know, just promoting? Is it getting more, you know, people on podcast or whatever the case might be? Because unfortunately, it's just a big money money show, or whatever the case might be. And so you get all these people like, oh, they don't bring enough, you know, money in, right? When money's coming from everywhere right yeah there's there's enough money to go around that everybody gets um you know a piece of the action yeah so yeah how do you how do you avoid it being a a pr stunt i mean get 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 disabled people involved like i can tell you right now like people are not going to want to be involved if they can sniff out a PR stunt. Like if they don't feel that it's genuine, I don't, I don't think that it's really going to fly. And um, (laughs) yeah, yeah. I mean, there's a, there's a saying in the disabled community, like nothing about us without us. And, you know, you can put pictures of, you know, para athletes on your, your branding and stuff, but if you don't actually involve them in the process of, you know, what you're doing, like, yeah. Would that, I would think that would mean that you actually have to make an effort to have uh, disabled people, not as consultants, but maybe leadership. Am I kind of off in saying that? I I agree with you. Yeah. Uh, yeah putting them in you know actual in actual roles in an actual company or you know whatever like they're it's not we're not here to just consult and tell you how to be more inclusive like no and I if you have zero disabled people on staff like (laughs) and it's not and and I was I, I don't know if I told you this but I was talking to I could have said it on the Black History Month episode. Um, one thing that I, I, you know, think about is someone I was having a conversation with years ago. The goal was to bring more Black people and more people of color to this conference. And so the next year was in Houston. And so they're like, we want to we want to see a bunch of different people of color. We're going to raise money so that people can come and they can be a part of this conference. So I, I think I, I called my mom. I was like, you know, but what happens after the conference? You know, they still have to go back. We still have to go back to the same stuff that we put up with daily. And then I asked her, and then I actually asked someone there. I said, you know, so is the goal to hire Black people because they're in these roles because they're black because if i get fired because i did a bad job then you're not going to want to hire any other person of color you know what i'm saying i feel like and, and please correct me if i'm wrong the same thing could be said for the disabled community because i've re- i've and i say this because um 
people aren't the nicest when they think they know everything. <laughs> and so th there's unfortunately this feel on, you know, certain apps that uh -huh. it's like, okay, we're just making a fuss out of this because you uh -huh. want to, you know, get them in there and, and, and all of that. Um, but it's not, we're not saying hire them because they're disabled, you know, let them run in these races because they're disabled. It's just let them run in this race because they're faster than the majority of the field of able body runners. Uh -huh. <laughs> yep. <laughs> uh, and, and so I guess my question to you, and I asked this question, you know, out of curiosity because of the guideline that you made about what to be ready for, what would be your response to that, to people who feel that way? Feel what way? That is just a promotional thing to oh. get more people in office and, and, or not an office, well, and everything. And <laughs> right, yeah. Instead of this. Specifically thing. with the prize money. Is mm -hmm. that what you're talking about? Yeah, I, I mean, little bit, yeah. These, these are people doing incredible things and throwing down world-class performances, yeah. honestly. Like it really, it does, it comes down to that. It comes down to performance and the fact that, you know, running a marathon is really freaking hard, really freaking hard. And if you're running a marathon with any kind of disability, that's even, that's even harder. And if you're running a marathon that you have to qualify for with a disability, uh, and then, you know, you're running a really fast, marathon <laughs> and, and like these people just keep upping <laughs> the, yeah. the performance standard and it's truly incredible to see like what humans can do um so yeah i mean i want to i want to celebrate the heck out of that yeah and it's just first of all i think i can say it people do suck some people in certain cases <laughs> suck because i've actually seen that comment more yeah. so as week or two um than i've ever seen before to be honest mm. with you. um and i don't know it just feels like society maybe it's america maybe it's society i don't know going back to an original point it just seems like you know what we a if it's something that we don't understand then it has no value to us mm -hmm. yes but we don't take the time to actually try to get to understand like what's going on because like here's the why i was interested in this conversation because you know i i want to cover this from the standpoint like i don't view it as you know i'm just you know i'm disabled athletes it's it's more athletes it's more athletes it's more perspectives it's more stories and stuff and so you you, you don't the more you learn, the more you can grow. Mm -hmm. um, and you mentioned the shoe companies and the shoe stores. I never thought about the running shoe stores. In a in a case like this, how, how do you present it to them? Just 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 say in in your opinion, is it just like listen? Is there something that you're doing that you just haven't promoted, or like do you care or because it's just some of your answers have gotten me to thinking throughout the show, <laughs> like, uh, you know, is, is, is the running community, like the running community or the, 
able-bodied running community. So for a running shoe store or someone like that, what would be your message to them? I would say, you know, people with disabilities are the largest minority Mm. in America. And by excluding them, (laughs) you are missing out on a whole lot of really cool people. (laughs) And um, yeah, I don't know. I just keep coming back to like people with disabilities do amazing things and are amazing athletes. (laughs) And um, why does that not apply to running? And that's not to say that like every single one of these races in running stores and everybody and every community is doing terrible. Like, I think that there's a lot of progress being made. I think that like people are starting to talk about this kind of stuff. Um, I did have, you know, a local, uh, women's road race contact me and just say, Hey, like, let's, let's, we want to pay you. And like, let's chat about how we can make this better. And, you know, I mean, it's, it's gaining some traction. I think that people are starting to wake up and realize. Um, What are some of the things that you've learned throughout this entire process that's just helped you? (sighs) How much I don't know. (laughs) Uh, The more I learn, the more I realize there's an entire world that I don't, don't know anything about. Um, And, you know, I, I have the experience of, you know, this, like, this is my experience. Right. And like the world of disability is just so vast and so diverse and so varied, Mm -hmm. um, that there's absolutely no way that I, that there just, there just is no group think there is no group think when it comes to disability. Um, and you know, there, there's some like really basic, 101 crap that we can go over, like ableism sucks. This is what it is, you know? Um, but everyone's experience of it is, is so different. And so, um, I think just holding space for like, man, there's, there's a lot of people, um, in this community that have completely different experiences than me. And, um, you know, I'm, I'm not speaking for anyone. Uh, I just am speaking up with them and saying like, we got to change some things here and like, let's, let's start talking about it. So what are some of the positive things that you've seen, you know, to come out of this? Cause it seems like you've, you know, been able to interact with a lot more people. You've been able yeah. to work with more people. You've been able to meet more people. So it's like, yeah, for sure. Wow. Yeah. A couple little friendships that I'm really um, kind of like hold near and dear to my heart now. And um, I don't know, I'm even thinking about like, going to Boston just to cheer and like cheer on, you know, these athletes and some of the people that I know that are running. And, um, I just, I think that's so cool, you know? So you say you're going to cheer, but are you going to go to run one day? Oh my gosh. (laughs) Put me on the spot. (laughs) Listen, but okay. But here's the, okay. All right. Boston, 2025. I'm calling it. I'm going to be there. I'm going to be running. (laughs) <laughs> if you make it to boss 2025 i'll go all right deal i will oh i was about to tell you a lot but say i'll even try to run yeah that's not gonna happen <laughs> um but no i mean like i said Kristen, and i think that's the cool thing about it is 
like I said, she's in the trenches because she's an actual God. How many marathons have you completed? All two. That's two. enough. Yeah. God, that's <laughs> 50, <laughs> running 50 One seconds. wasn't even real. One was just me and my GPS watch on a trail for, you know. Three See, hours. that's bull. <laughs> now, is that the one that you ran from the pandemic? I did, yes. So, yeah. So you ran, <clears throat> that's, a, that's a bunch of crap. That is a real marathon. 26 oh, points. Nobody's running 26 yeah. miles for fun. It's a, it was 13.1 miles out and a straight line and 13.1 miles back in the same straight line. So not the most fun I've ever had in my life. <laughs> <laughs> my knees hurt. <laughs> I asked you, you know, Back in the day when you came on the show, you know, why running? Um, but, and, and what is it about running? But what is it about the distance aspect? What, what, what draws you to run a marathon, to run a half marathon, to train, to, you know, put yourself, and I'm asking this, you know, for a, it'll give a healthier respect to see what people are. I'm curious what people are thinking. Um, Cause like, I hear people, I went on a nice 17 mile run today. And I was like, are you crazy? <laughs> like that is so, <laughs> that is so bad. That's so, uh, that's that just in my mind, but I know. Um, what is it about the, the marathon that kind of drives you? And, and the reason I asked that, because you, you, we talk about, you know, some of these athletes it's just incredible it heightens the things that you know to think that they do this and mm -hmm. um and just the training they go through so what is it what is it that draws you to those crazy distances ah uh, i truly i think it's the mental toughness like I have not always, and I've, I've told you this, I've not always been an athlete. And like, as a kid, like when I did rec league soccer, I was like the worst on the team as a, you know, whatever. And it just, I knew from a pretty young age that like, I was never going to be an Olympian <laughs> in any kind of ball sport, any kind of power sport, any kind of coordination sport. It just, um, I just was not, I did not excel in that. The one thing in gym class I did excel in was the sit and reach test. That was my jam. Oh, um, do you remember that? The sit and yes. reach test? Yeah, that was the only one that I passed. Okay. Um, but all the other ones, I was just terrible. But anyways, I, I think that like, you know, sports are such a, a weird, funny thing because there's usually a sport for everyone, right? Like, I grew up thinking that like sports are not my thing. And it's just that I hadn't found my sport yet. Yeah, yeah. I, um, I, you know, if you throw a ball at me, I can't, there's no way I can catch it. But if you put me, you know, 20 miles onto a marathon course, so I've already run 20 miles and I have what 6.2 more to go. And you tell me to speed up and keep going uh, there's a certain amount of like mental toughness that takes. And I think my superpower is just being able to like, keep going when I think I'm about to die. So, 
I, I don't know. I think running is a lot more mental than it is physical, especially the really, really long distances. And, um, I would love to run an ultra someday. I have a, you know, specific FKT that I'm like kind of eyeing at like, Ooh, when can I train for that? But, uh, what's that? Is, the, is that like the 50 mile race or whatever? Oh yeah. Ultras have like 50 mile or a hundred mile or a hundred K or whatever. I mean, there's some of those like last man standing races where people end up running like 340 some miles over like four or five days. I don't think I would do that maybe, <laughs> but, um, I mean, the point is like, there's just so much of sports that is not for me and uh distance running is the one thing that is a hundred k yeah the only thing i want that has a hundred k in it is a check so I'll, I'll, <laughs> i will that is just hard to fathom but it's oh, i know it's beyond impressive like some of the things that the human body can do uh, yeah. you talk about mental toughness. And so I find that, you know, really, really, you know, inspiring. And I want to switch gears a little bit to paper trails. Mm-hmm. It takes mental toughness to, well, and so I, let me ask you this question because I, I'm starting to ask this question to different people. What is toughness in your definition? Because there's this old school, you know, bone pops out of your knee, go back mm-hmm. out of play, you know, toughness. Or if you're struggling, struggling with something, you know, you don't share it, you wait till it manifests itself into a health problem. And then instead of seeing a doctor, you die. Um, you know, as <laughs> crazy as that is. Worst case scenario there. Yeah. But yeah. Well, no, and I, you know, people, I know it's like funny, but unfortunately, right. I know that's how, how people mm-hmm. deal with stuff um, because, you know, just, it's just like, now nah, you don't want people to see you struggling. You are a successful business owner and you are in the trenches of an issue that I have to say is long overdue in terms of people knowing about this like it's 2022 technically i knew about it in 2021 the last day of 2021 but that you know it took that long you know for me to even know what that word was it's just insane and then you 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 have such I don't know, you have such these goals for the sport of true diversity, true unification and stuff like that. Unity. I don't even know if unification is a word. I think um, it is. Yeah. Okay. Own it. There Own you it. go. That's my word. Yeah. Unification. And so sometimes that's a lot to manage in, in everything. What is toughness? What does it mean to you, Krista? So there's this saying that I have for myself (laughs) and I pull it out at what mile 22 of the marathon (laughs) (laughs) and I pull it out at the point of my long runs where I feel like my legs are trash 
Um, and I pull it out in some of the really tough moments in my business and everything else. I say to myself, this is as hard as it's going to get. And I think being able to tell myself that like, all I have to do is get through this moment. Mm. Nothing, not literally nothing can last forever. And at some point it's either going to get easier or I'm going to feel better or I'm going to make it through it. And so I tell myself, this is as hard as it's ever going to (laughs) get. And I think just being able to show up and do what I need to do in that moment, knowing like, okay, this pain isn't going to last forever or, you know, this hard thing in my business is not going to last forever. So, um, I just try to stay really present in like the moment that I'm in and focus on the task at hand. And the one thing that I'm doing right now, and even if it's hard, I tell myself like, this is as hard as it's ever going to (laughs) get. And I can do this one thing because then everything else after that, like, I'm never going to have to do this again. (laughs) I don't know. I mean, maybe that's, maybe that's weird, but (laughs) it's, it's not because it teach no, actually I'm gonna write that down real quick. What'd you say? This is as hard as it's ever going to get. This is the hardest it's ever going to (laughs) get. I'm I'm right. I'm going to go get that. The hardest it's ever going to (laughs) get. Be a canvas. You'll see it. Even if that's not true, like, well, you in think- my mind, like I know, like I'm, I'm probably going to run another marathon at some point. I'm probably going to go through more pain than I'm in at this moment on this long run, like whatever, but like anything to just get myself through that one moment, you know, <laughs> think about it. So one thing at least I'm trying to do is take it day by day. Mm-hmm. I've never been good at that. Um, you know, somebody said today is the yesterday that today is the tomorrow that you were worried about yesterday, um, which is just crazy in itself, but (laughs) I understand that. And so saying that this is the hardest that it's ever going to get is being present, like you said, in the moment. So Mm -hmm. you, if you, it's like, okay, if I can overcome this at this moment, then I'm good because you're not worried about tomorrow. Yeah. And then you could look back at the things you have overcome mm-hmm. to help overcome the present thing that you're in. Yeah. Stuff. So when is that going to be available as a greeting card? <laughs> I didn't, I never thought about that. Maybe I should do a new mantra series. I don't know. I, honestly, when you think about it, that is like, like bomb blown. I mean, so much of my fear comes from like thinking too far ahead or thinking too much about like, what am I going to experience at mile 25, you know? Um, And and if I can just take that window and like, like shrink it down, (laughs) narrow it down to like this moment right now, right here, what am I doing today? This is the hardest it's ever going to get. And that's, that's what gets me through. (laughs) Girl, that's a sermon. (laughs) That's right there. Any pastors listening to it, you know who to credit for it. But um, no, that is, I love that. I've, it's something <laughs> that I've never thought about. And I'm glad that, that I came up with that question. So uh, <laughs> thank you definitely for asking. And then obviously for new people listening, I want you guys to kind of, you know, 
get to know who's behind this campaign. Uh, a couple more questions, and then I do have a couple nice rapid fire questions. It won't be as difficult as the last time. I don't promise Wait. that. But um, <laughs> so this was a question, and we kind of general got to it a little bit prior, but it was something um, you posted on your Instagram account, Paper Trails Green and Company. Make sure to follow them to ask any questions that you wanted us to get to. And so one of the ones that you chose was paraphrasing. Uh, what do you say to the people who say that the field size is too big and that they don't generate enough money for them to be paid, which I have to say quickly, I'm getting sick of that argument because mm -hmm. people use that argument for the WNBA. Um, and like I said, you know, because they're like, oh, they don't get enough, but there's money. Every Listen, money's yeah. coming from yeah. everywhere. So <laughs> uh, go ahead and, and, and answer that question if you don't mind. Yeah, I mean, you are correct. Money is coming from everywhere. These marathons are not nonprofit organizations operating on some kind of shoestring budget. Like they are bringing in millions and millions and millions of dollars every year. So, you know, there is money and the money is there and they can afford to um, put it in an important place like this. Um, but so I think that, I mean, there's kind of a, a double answer here. The first part I would say is like, we need to look at the double standard that exists, right? We need to look at the enormous double standard between, um, you know, the prize money for um, the open division athletes and then the wheelchair athletes and or para athletes. Um, so, you know, somebody like a Shalane or Des breaks the tape and they get their, you know, check for whatever it is, a hundred thousand or $150,000. They earned that based on their performance. And every person generally agrees, like they, they earned it, right? It's based on performance. It's how you perform. It's not based on sponsorship. It's not based on, you know, how much you personally bring into the event in terms of monetary value. It's not based on how well known you are. Um, it's not based on your marketability. Uh, so, you know, when somebody like a Sarah Sellers, for instance, in 2018, when we had like the terrible weather at Boston, everybody's freezing and um, it just really shook up the field. And so she had an amazing day and she is an incredible athlete and she crosses the line second place. And literally nobody said, listen, she doesn't deserve that, that prize money because, you know, she's not sponsored. Nobody said that. And rightfully so, because people understand that it's based on performance, right? Say it with me, Dom. It's based performance, on performance. performance. Yes. Yep. And then, the and then right. You have the wheelchair athletes who um, are competing on the same course. They put in the same training. I mean, yep. yeah. And, and the first person that crosses the line, um, is not getting the $150,000 they're getting what 15 or 25 or whatever, you know, fraction it is. Um, and, and people say, Oh, well, well, that's because they don't, they don't bring in the same amount of money. Yeah. And, and we have to just acknowledge like, this is a huge double standard. 
right? We say it's about performance when we're talking about the open division. And when an unsponsored athlete who is relatively unknown crosses that line, we say good for them. That's awesome. They deserve it because it's about performance. Performance. Yeah. Performance. And, you know, that's, that's something that is, that is just not afforded to these athletes in the wheelchair division or the pair division. You know, we don't, if it was truly based on performance, they'd be, they'd be getting equal pay and they are not. So. Ooh, I felt the energy in that. (laughs) Performance. Y'all, she's going to reshoot that screen and stop me. But question and then you i'm going to give you a platform to go on another rant um performance not performance see the the word is so ingrained that that's not what i was going to say double standard yes i i agree with that but is it deeper than a double standard because that doesn't sound, so i heard a coach oh, for sure yeah i say that and i think it applies it was a football coach and he it was a great point. He said, if it happens once, it's a mistake. Once or twice, it's a mistake. If it happens three or four times, it's a habit. If it happens mm-hmm. more than that, it's something that's being taught. Yes. Uh, yes. This sounds like a mentality problem, yeah. more so than a double standard. Yeah. And so, you know, I think I asked this earlier, but in a case like that, is is to change a mentality, do we need to get these you know, because, and this is just the truth. You you probably have these athletes, they go run hills, you know? They're mm-hmm. out there running hills, you know, to build and doing different courses. A person in a wheelchair can't necessarily do that. You know, they don't have, just, just by nature and stuff like that. One can argue that their training is even more difficult in some respects. Mm-hmm. And yeah. so- it's like the people who are arguing, you know, they don't bring in enough money. If we're doing, if we're talking about true equality in pay, you know, shouldn't it be even, you know, dubbed down? Okay, well, let's look at the different, how they had to train or mm-hmm. even how they had to get into the marathon. You mentioned earlier, for one of the marathons, only 40 people. Yep. And the disabled, 40 people. So there's, yeah. So it's the largest minority. We, we don't even know the percentage. We can't calculate the percentage for the running, you know, group because that just keeps adding up every day to get a true percentage. Mm-hmm. You can have a ballpark range. Everybody knows about these major marathons. So you have to be one in that 40 and how it, it's, it's just about yeah. to get to the 40. I, I guess maybe, maybe I'm reaching for the stars with this question. No, I, I know exactly. Like you're getting at, this is a sy- systemic problem and this is not just, you know, I, I truly don't think that these people who run, you know, these major marathons are saying we hate disabled people. We think they're trash. Like, I really don't think that's the case. I think it's just, this is the norm. This is how things have always been. This is the setup. And this is how our society operates. And it's way more, um, way more nuanced than that. And I think we, we just really need to think critically about why some of these things are the case. Like, why is it that out of 30,000 people at the Boston Marathon, only 40, 40. are para-athletes? Why? 40. 
why, why is that, you know? And, you know, then what, what kind of message does that send to the media about how important it is to cover these athlete stories, how important it is to, um, you know, show the wheelchair races on the national or on the, you know, on the news when they are covering these races, like, what does that say to the media? And then, and then because they don't post anything or they don't, you know, show, um, any coverage of that and they, they just kind of glaze over it. Um, and then, you know, there's less attention, there's less money involved, there's less sponsorships. And so it's almost this like circular thing where like ableism kind of begets ableism Mm -hmm. and it's almost like the system was set up this way so that nobody has to change it. Right. Like, and it's like, they have all these excuses. Go ahead. Go ahead. Yeah. They have all these excuses that they, they keep using, but like, well, gee, who limits the field sizes? (laughs) You know? Like it's too many. Uh, How many thousand people run at that darn marathon? Oh Lord Jesus! Okay, let me call. Um, but, 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 and that's the thing. It's like okay, they don't bring in enough money. They don't. Everything comes down to money. Oh, silly me! You know, I forgot that people are supposed to be treated based on how much money they bring in. Like that is just trash. And like. I don't know. I mean, we, we need equal prize money. Yes. But we also need like better media coverage. We need larger field sizes. We need more running companies stepping up and sponsoring, um, these para athletes and wheelchair athletes, um, and starting to, you know, bring in more money, but like it's the entire system and it's all interconnected. And well, I mean, I'm, I'm going after one aspect of it, but it all needs to change. Two things about it. You can't just sponsor somebody. You got to invest because you look at like shoe. So biggest thing in track and field, just for just general track and field shoe sponsors. Um, And who gets to cut Brittany Reese, for example, Brittany Mm -hmm. Reese won like 42 gold medals in the long jump. Mm -hmm. Impressive. But does she get the comparison of a Nike athlete in another event? The one of the hardest events in track and field is the pole vault. And so you got all these athletes who are doing incredible things in the pole vault. And here's the thing about the pole vault. If you're 13, 15, 20 feet up in the sky, however high they get, and that pole snaps and stuff like that, you you you, you can be in some trouble. It's a very dangerous, Lord, we pray that doesn't happen to anybody, but it's a very, it's a risk. It's a high risk, high reward yeah. event. But they don't get the coverage that someone, you know, who people, it, it, it's funny mm-hmm. because in college we learned about this and I forgot the term. So to my professors, I did pay attention, but I actually burned my notes like when I graduated. Um, <laughs> well played. Yes, I hope nobody <laughs> listened to this. But it, it talked about how there's media can kind of control what people look at. Yeah. It kind of yep. control. Now, for me, here's the thing. I can't really control it because here's the thing. When I turn on the TV, you know, <laughs> if it's Shalane Flanagan yeah. or Tatiana McFadden, here's the thing. Here's what I know. ESPN's going to show Shalane Flanagan. Mm-hmm. And they're going to have everything about that. But there's so many stories that, like, I didn't know about some of the stuff until you told me about a few athletes. Mm-hmm. And so it's systemic. And I think the way to change it 
is you need somebody in charge. Like I think somebody you got you got to get. And, and there's I'll be honest, I'm still learning. There's so many things I don't know. You have to get someone in charge and to say, hey, you can't forget about these people. You got all these thousands of people. Nobody's going to notice an extra 100, 200 people who are qualified to run. And like I said, if you went through the X and O's and you compare the times, they're going to run faster than able body runners. Um, What's another pet peeve or uh, uh, myth that bugs you that you want squashed? Pet peeves and myths. Ooh. Um, I think that, how do I say this? Uh, that disability has a single look, <laughs> that you have to be in a wheelchair or you have to be an amputee in order to have a disability. <laughs> um, that's that's a big one. <laughs> I hate that. Like, I don't know. And you can correct me if I'm wrong, but I think just maybe it's because that's how we're trained from the human mind set point of view. Mm-hmm. Lord help me say this. If I ran up on somebody who had a disability, then, I mean, shoot, I, there are people in wheelchairs, you know, well, they could be in a wheelchair because maybe they served our country and, you know, they had some kind of accident. Mm-hmm. Um, I forgot the football player who's in a wheelchair. But there's nothing wrong with him. His knees are just, you know, kind of shot from being hit. So, And I think that kind of goes into ableism and the account, you know, that I've, you know, kind of learned a few things from, you know, I have it here, you know, on my phone so I can, you know, share with other people is one that you sent to me, um, disability reframed. Yes. Um, I love this. I gave you homework and you completed it. (laughs) I I did. uh, I did. I've looked at it for like the past two weeks. Um, literally ever since or whenever you sent it Uh but I've kind of looked through the post and because you never want to come across and that's the thing about it and if you think about it like some of the issues with ableism is not specifically tied to ableism but it's human nature Mm -hmm. issues it's because I see some of the issues in ableism and then I just you know gave you the example of you know hiring why do you diversify you don't hire me just because i'm black because if you hire me just black and i fail you're gonna be like okay well he's like everybody else well if you hire someone just because they're disabled instead of like okay well this person's qualified um because at the end of the day there's really nothing like i said we were fearfully and wonderfully made there's nothing wrong with Mm -hmm. us um and i think some of the questions maybe that i have and it's their deeper philosophical issues, but it's stuff, I guess, being taught at home. Because uh, if, you, if you're taught to look for something in a certain way instead of the way it is, then you get the mess 
in which we have now. Yeah. And stuff. Um, yeah. Uh, were you going to say something? No, I, I think that, I think you're right. I think that, you know, there's definitely this like societal construct um, that people with disabilities are inherently inferior in some way, or that they're like a problem that needs to be fixed or that they don't live full lives or that they're not full people as they are already. And um, like that gets taught, it gets, you know, handed down from generation to generation. Yeah. Uh, and yeah, time to talk about it. So here's how we're going to end this bad boy. I did it for another show. So first, first, what's going on with uh, Paper Trails? Can you tell us about the beautiful things that's going on with such a wonderful company? Oh, goodness. Um, it's been fun uh, to just kind of hit the pause button on paper. I'm not, Paper Trails is, is still just running just fine. It's just, I haven't been doing anything crazy, super crazy with it because of this whole petition. Like that's where a lot of my energy is going right now. And so- um, yeah, I am reusing a lot of old content and <laughs> selling off a lot of old inventory and it's we been great. So yeah, no. Um, so paper trails, I'm just kind of coasting right now. It's great. Uh, nothing super special is really happening in February in, you know, the running community. It's not like we have a ton of races going on or, you know, stuff like that. So uh, this is a, a good time of year for me to kind of just, you know, take a breath. Yeah, take a deep breath. And well, you did partner. Um, you did the Valentine's Day uh, bundle with. Oh yeah. Yeah. So like, come yeah. On. We can talk about. Um, okay. Grace and Murphy is like the sweetest human, um, and she owns a business called RG Training Logs, which they're like a training log and calendar all in one. And I ended up um, seeing her stuff online somehow and I actually purchased one at the beginning of this year. And I like loved it so much that I was like, um, I reached out to her and I was like, um, I'm a fellow, you know, small business owner and also in the paper goods space and we should team up. And so, yeah, we did this little uh, Valentine's bundle. So you buy one of her um, uh, RG training logs calendars. And then it came with a Valentine's card. Um, so that was cute and fun. Um, but more so just like, um, very encouraging to meet another small business owner and chat with her over zoom and like, you know, be able to commiserate about small business things <laughs> and be like, Oh my gosh, you totally get it. Like, <laughs> yeah, it's a nice, so, it's a nice community. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I was referring more to that it's the, the there's no old card in the paper trust greeting company because they're all timeless um you know true okay yeah messages is good yeah. in the winter as it is <laughs> on valentine's day as it is in the summer because the message is always the same we're trying to celebrate every runner and every yes. runner belongs i'm telling you you should get into coaching have you thought about that I have thought about it and I'm actually certified as a coach through USATF. Oh, um, but I haven't used it yet. Um, and it's kind of one of those things where like, if I want to be a coach, then they all expect like X number of years of coaching experience. But then how do I get the experience if I don't coach anybody? And like, uh, 
So anyways, right now, um, my fun project is I am coaching my mom for her first ever half marathon. She is what 61 now, and she's kicking ass. Like this woman is incredible. I'm going to brag on my mom for a minute. She is usually like, she, she actually runs with me a lot. And, um, over this, this past summer, she was like dropping me. She would, (laughs) it was great. Um, so anyways, she says to me, I want to run my first half marathon. And so, um, yeah, I'm coaching her for that. And it's been kind of my fun little experiment, but. Wow. Okay. Yeah. So we need updates on that when she, uh, wins like that half marathon up in Michigan, right. yeah, like yeah. that so yeah before we get into this little hot take session um I just have to say if I ever did to my mom what you did to your mom with that Strava thing <laughs> I wouldn't be here today can I explain this for the listeners <laughs> you should it's hilarious okay. I was like that's your mom Um, my mother is not the most technologically advanced person, so it's, it's pretty adorable. Um, she started running with me like a couple years ago and got into it. And I was like, you should get a running watch so that you can track all of your runs and stuff. And, um, this past summer, I finally convinced her to get a running watch. Right. So we get my mom a Garmin and she's like, in her sixties. So she doesn't, she doesn't know like how to set it up or anything. So I was like, okay, here, let me set it up for you. So I set up her Garmin. I teach her how to use it and like record all of her runs and everything. What she doesn't know (laughs) is that I also created a Strava account for her and I set all of her settings so that her Garmin basically just auto uploads all of her runs to Strava so that I can kind of spy on them and see, you know, how much she's running and what she's doing and where she's going and all that stuff. So, um, and then I hide the Strava app on from her home screen. So she doesn't really even see it or know that it's there. It's just kind of like running in the background. Um, and yeah, every time that she runs, I, uh, Mm. you know, check the Strava and, uh, <laughs> I can see her runs. And so, yeah, I kind of, sometimes I use the data to sort of like mess with her. I'll be like, Oh, so I bet you ran today. Oh, how'd you know that? <laughs> oh, so I bet you went and ran your favorite East town loop today. Oh, how'd you know that? <laughs> when I saw that, oh, I was like, pretty cute. It, it's, I like it because it's like, it's accountable and you know, somebody's looking out yeah. for you and stuff like that. So it was, it was from the heart. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I do that? And I was like, oh, if I ever did that to my mama, boy, what's wrong with you? Nah, that's, no, nah, that is awesome. So we're definitely going to yeah. be her over here at oh Latin. Oh my gosh. She's uh, so cute. Yes. We love her. Don't know. Mm-hmm. Her, but shout out to mama Dorn boss. <sighs> you ready for this last segment? Sure, let's go. All right, you got to give me two hot takes. We're going to split off. Hot takes that will not get us canceled. Hot takes that will not get me canceled. You made me do this the other time. I did, and... Um, Hot take that won't get me canceled. Uh, If you're a coach and you use the the phrase, never miss a Monday, you need to stop coaching. (laughs) Uh, People just... Man... Never Miss a Monday is like, I feel like it's just rooted in 
diet culture and not actual human performance mm -hmm. uh, because you know our bodies obviously they know stress they know you know when we're tired when we're hungry when we're injured all those things but they don't know what day of the week it is and if you happen to need a rest day on a monday you take it if you happen to need an unexpected day off on a monday you take it it doesn't matter that it's a monday just just do it like um, i really don't believe that you can be a serious running coach and use that phrase <laughs> because everybody's bodies are different yeah <laughs> for sure and then excuse me the best ability is availability so if you're working yourself to death and it's on a monday mondays are hard for everybody mm -hmm. <laughs> so yes. mondays should be yeah. like a national day of rest okay i know my coach always has me take a rest day on a monday and it's great i love it okay. like i get to start my week off with usually i don't you know doing a bunch of other stuff but no okay it's great uh so you got to give me one food hot take one food hot take. Yeah, and then I'll give you mine and then we'll get out of here. Uh, macaroons are the grossest thing. Ooh. They're all like spongy and weird texture and people make them into like strange flavors like lavender. Like I don't want a dessert that tastes like lavender. I don't want a dessert that tastes like a plant um, and, and feels like a sponge in my mouth. I did just nothing about that sounds appealing macaroons are disgusting <laughs> okay <laughs> that, I just, mm, okay hot takes that that is <laughs> girl that's that's Florida hot um <laughs> I, dang that just that like set because I agree and then I disagree a chocolate macaroon though will set you free a Nutella dip chocolate macaroon. I don't know. Okay. So let me There's still the, the weird texture thing. Like that, you just can't fair. get rid of that. Yeah. That's fair. They're a little fake. They look like um uh Krabby Patties, but mm -hmm. you know they're just yeah. sponges. Okay. Yeah. I'm gonna give you I'm gonna write off for you. Nutella is more nutritious for you than peanut butter. Okay. And um a boneless chicken wing is a chicken nugget and not an actual chicken wing. <laughs> okay, explain that. So, a boneless chicken wing. Okay, so obviously you're familiar with chicken wings, right? Yes, I am. I just, I just have to make sure. <laughs> Being a chicken enthusiastic person, even though I have a banana above my head. Yes. Uh, um, yeah. So essentially your chicken wing has the, you know, you have the flats and you have the drumsticks. And so when someone gives me a boneless chicken wing, okay. they take the bone out of it. So what is the difference between a boneless chicken wing with sauce on it and a Wendy's chicken nugget or a chicken nugget from an established location? People like Chick-fil-A, people like PDQ. Mm. It's the same. I guess when I think of chicken nuggets, though, I think of like something that's been in like a, a meat processor and like ground up and then like formed into this artificial patty shaped thing and then dipped in the breading and, you know, whatever. So that's that's my my mental like picture of a chicken nugget. <laughs> so McDonald's is what you're thinking of. Yeah. Yeah. And, and if you have a boneless chicken breast, it's, you know, the meat is still intact and stringy inside there and you know whatever i don't know 
I listen. <laughs> a okay. So here's the thing. I, I got to give you props because that was a fair rebuttal that a I disagree with, but I respect <laughs> how you put it down like a science. I mean, you went okay. like those. Listen, they come from a factory and they go to a machine that's like soft serve mm-hmm. live streaming and bred it. So, mad respect. We can agree to disagree, mm-hmm. even though your coach's take was spot on. I'm gonna give you okay. the last word, Kristen, before we wrap this bad boy up with a bow. Tell them I told them earlier in the show where can they sign that petition and uh, what are some of the things that they should look forward to. The people that is. Yeah. So the easiest way to find it, um, I would say is go on Instagram and look at, um, look for paper trails, greeting co the link is in my bio there. And then there's also, you can see the graphics and everything and swipe through and just read all the information on that. Um, so yeah, that's where you can go. And (laughs) Kristen, you are a scholar and a saint, my friend, I appreciate everything that you're doing to bring awareness to this issue for being so patient with people like me who have questions and were um, <laughs> kind of hesitant and asking, <laughs> you know, trying to make sure you ask them correctly. And uh, just for being a voice to the running community for the running community in this issue. And so you heard where you can find her on Instagram, Paper Trails, Greeting Code, definitely make sure to follow them. Be sure to follow us. So we are on Instagram, Lactic Acid Podcast. Ooh, I should know that by now. Lactic Acid Podcast, Twitter, <laughs> Lactic Acid underscore pod. Go on the website, lacticacidpodcast.org. We're on TikTok. Now, here's the thing. I don't know how to use it, but you can still follow me on Lactic That's Acid. so cool. Here's, All right. I posted one post and like three weeks, don't know how to use it. And it will stay like that until I figure out. So... But the more forwards I get, the more it makes me feel better about myself on TikTok. So we got to get that number up. So if y'all can <laughs> that for brother, I would appreciate it. Uh, we're on YouTube. Just type in the podcast. Be sure to subscribe on Apple, Spotify, um, Pocket Cast, Google Podcast. You can definitely hear us there. You'll definitely hear more about Kristen. Remember, you get 15% off on her greeting cards if you use the code lactic acid and if you are a sponsor looking to sponsor the show lactic acid podcast at gmail.org or gmail.com is where you can email me would love to talk with you would love to work with you would love to bring your brand to our show until the next time we will see you later Oh, 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 oh,